What's up, guys, and welcome back to episode five of the Rush Hour podcast. I'm your host, John Grano, along with my other host, Paul Cabrera. And we're also joined by our uh, co-stars here, Alex D'Ambrosi, our producer, and Hunter Del Gershio. We're going to get into it like we always do on the podcast. Like I always say, we're going to start with some NFL free agency. Usually start with basketball. We're going to go NFL here, and Paul's going to lead us into some giant signings, and then me and uh, Barry are going to talk about some Jets signings that have occurred. Uh, we're filming, right, so film, filming this on March 16th, I believe. So currently we're filming at around 4 o'clock on March 16th, and uh, some recent giant signings have happened. Uh, we heard that we franchise tag Leonard Williams, and no, that's not the case anymore. Yeah, actually signed into a long-term three-year deal worth $63 million. It's getting 45 guaranteed, which, you know, I hope it, you know, it just is 45 million because if we give him 63 million, it kind of looks like a Julius Randle deal the first year it happened. And, uh, well, you know, Julius Randle is great now, but Leonard Williams isn't Julius Randle. Uh, we also signed John Ross to a one-year deal and some no-name fullback. So uh, that's basically been the Giants free agency. Uh, not really much has happened. There were some rumors that Kenny Galladay – was talking to the Giants, but uh, I think the Giants just wasted most of their money. So I don't think that the Giants could get them anymore. I hope that the Giants could maybe go after, you know, a veteran edge rusher to uh, mentor our younger guys because we still have zero edge presence. And, you know, we did cut some of our offensive linemen. Maybe we get an offensive lineman that's a little cheap so we could get some money or so we get some, you know, a better protection. So, you know, that's the Giants. Yeah, I, th- I think that the Leonard Williams signing is, is, is a head-scratcher to me, at least. Uh, if you've already franchise tagging him, you can do an extension if you see that he's playing well throughout the year. But to do the franchise tag and then extend him now makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what kind of bothers yeah. me. And, and, and it doesn't help that you guys weren't exactly great in terms of the cap money this year, so, so it's not really helping you yeah, in terms of I mean, wide receiver. And if I you mean, think John Ross is any sort of answer, you're lucky no, if he no, catches no, no, no. any balls. I, I think it's not a bad signing. I think it's a yeah. low yeah. risk. I think it's a low risk. It is low risk. It's $2 million. So it's, it's not something. $2 million, and he's the fastest receiver in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, put up Well, I mean, I don't think the speed is translated too well other than maybe. No, 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 it hasn't. But I'm saying it's low risk, and if he plays well, it's high reward. It's not like something. It's not like we wasted $8 million going out and getting him. We spent $2 million on him. And, you know, if he plays well, he plays well. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And he's one year deal he could walk after this year. The thing about Leonard Williams that is a little troubling, if I was a Giants fan, as a Jets fan, uh, the Jets drafted Leonard Williams, great coming out his first few years. Uh, it just We just started to notice, I, it, maybe not even Leonard Williams' fault, but he would be double teamed or he couldn't get any pressure. And it'd be a lot of he'd touch the quarterback, but he can't get the sack. Great year last year. That's great. Yep. If I'm a Giants fan, he's getting that much money. He doesn't have to worry about the money anymore. I'm a little worried that he's not going to have that same pass rush presence as last year. I, I agree your, with you. Your defense, you. your defense was good last year. It lost a little bit this year. It's going to need some extra help. I think one more yeah. lineman, just like the yeah. Jets. No, and, I agree. I agree. You know, I, I think you'll be good there. The defense for the Giants is, is pretty solid other than that. Uh, yeah. But but I think some, some recent Jets signings I'd like to talk about. Uh, the, the Jets' uh, free agency period started off, uh, frankly, pretty cold. I mean, uh, we came in expecting a ton. And until like three o'clock yesterday, there was really nothing. You're act, uh, you're acting like that was a long period of time. It was three well, for, hours. For, well, listen, listen. Talk. Us Jets fans are very impatient, and the Patriots were doing a lot of stuff while the Jets were doing nothing. So yes, it did worry a lot of us. But at around three o'clock, we signed a linebacker. Not even gonna lie, I can't remember his name, but he's from the Panthers. Uh, pretty low risk deal, kind of like that other wide receiver deal. One year, seven million. Um, he had a good year in. Or did I say Panthers or Lions? He had a good year in 2018. Matt Patricia took the helm. 
of the Lions, and it's was been this downhill Gerard, from there. Was it Gerard Davis? Gerard Davis. Yes. There, there you go. go. Gerard Davis. Yeah. So Gerard Davis was great in 2018. He was a first-round pick. I think he had 100 tackles one of these years. Matt Patricia comes in. He became really nothing in that defense. And I think uh, having Salah as his coach, they wanted an extra linebacker in the 4-3. I know there's a lot of rumors that Mosley could get traded, but if Mosley's not traded, you have two middle linebackers, which is what they want anyway. And we lost a couple linebackers in free agency this year. Uh, Avery Williamson last year, and I think uh, Hewitt might be gone. I can't remember, but I think he might be gone. But uh, I think that that signing could work out very well. I think $7 million is a little too high. I'm hoping it's not 7 guaranteed. I'm pretty sure it's not. It, it's close to 7 guaranteed, but it's not fully. Um, I, I'm really a big fan of the wide receiver that we acquired. Uh, I think that that's a good signing. Uh, a little low. Not, I, I would say he it's – He has a name. Yeah, but – I don't, I'm not going to call him his name until he catches 100 balls for me. How about that? That's never going to happen. I will not call – I'm going to say it once. Corey Davis. I will never call him his name until he catches 100 balls, all right? He's wide receiver in his career for the or in a season? In a season. He just needs 100 catches. Okay. All right. Let's see that happen. <laughs> With Sam Donald as your quarterback, that's never happening. Yeah, that's a whole different discussion in terms of quarterback. But I think that's a pretty good signing. I'm excited about him, uh, the wide receiver. I think he'll play well, but – We'll have to see. I mean, the quarterback picks it all. If I was a wide receiver, I, I don't want to come to the Jets because you have no idea what the quarterback situation is. That, but that's I mean, a, according, according to some sources, you know, the wide receiver market has been absolutely terrible around the league. Yeah, so, and, I mean, that and, and might I be the think, best offer Corey Davis got. I still think that the wide receiver core for the Jets is still not good enough for any quarterback they bring in. So I think one more wide receiver. Okay, yeah, but help. it's definitely improving. I mean, Corey Davis. It's an improving Hunter, core. Now, but, like, if you put the, if you paired this this wide receiving core with a rookie quarterback, I think it would probably be, it'd no. probably be worse. Like, uh, if you get to Sean Watson, we've talked about it a bunch. It's probably good enough for him. That's two pretty wide receivers. Mims is going to get better. Crowder will be good. So I think that's fine. Um, defensive help the Jets got. We were able to sign a defensive lineman again. I'm not going to say any of these guys' names until they they play better than they did last well, year. I so. kind of want to know who they are. I don't pay, pay attention to the Jets. All right, well, look it up. He had five and a half sacks last year. Uh, so I'm hoping that if Hunt, he, Hunter, who was it? Hunter, who was it? Uh, it was former Bengal Carl Lawson. Oh, Carl Lawson. I, I remember that. Yeah, Carl Lawson's pretty good. That, that'll be the last time you hear this name until he has six sacks in 2021. So that if he had that. five and a half last year, he needs six this year. Fourth round pick, um, a guy coming out that wasn't expected to be great, uh, kind of maybe a fill-in guy for the Bengals. But this year, he really overproduced. And uh, I think that the Bengals ended up re-signing a, a different line, uh, defensive lineman. He had get. five sacks. That's not overproducing. It is when you consider he was the third in, I think it was like pressure off the off the ball. So like getting off the line and getting past the alignment, he was third behind like TJ Watt and one more guy. So I think that's yeah, pretty good. Who else do they have? The Bengals. The Bengals, the whole, the whole NFL I'm talking about. His, yeah, his I, rush I know. I'm saying he rushes off the edge a lot because he's their best edge rush. He was their best edge rusher. He's actually pretty good. That's what I'm saying. So it's a, it's a good signing for the Jets. I think the money is a little bit well, high. You, said he, but it's oh, not you said he overproduced, John. Yes. A fourth-round pick who hadn't had over three sacks in a full season puts up five and a half and has a very good rush rate. Right. Be overproducing. You have no, to fact check me on this. There's no way Carl Lawson only had five and a half sacks. That's his career high in the season. There's no way. He, that was, he has not, 20 yeah, sacks. Rookie year. Did he? Yeah. There's uh, no way the dude only had five and a half sacks as his career high. No that way. was his that was his high this year. Then I apologize. Twenty. He had twenty point five for his four seasons in the NFL. Okay. All right. Not a bad sign. I like him. Yeah. I mean, I think that the main thing 
uh, there is that he's going to pair well with Quentin Williams on the edge. Uh, Quentin, yeah. Will- I well, think we still need one more defensive tackle though. Quentin, I think William- he- Quentin Williams will not be an edge rusher next year. No, but I mean, what's helping? What's helping him is that he's not going to get doubled like he would have this year. He, yeah. I mean, you don't get another defensive tackle this year. He's getting double every play. Just no, you got John Franklin year. Myers. John Franklin. Oh, Myers he's great. There. Yeah, he's great in Madden. He wasn't bad, I guess, but. He's no, more of a run. Myers wasn't bad this year. Yeah, but he's more of a run guy. Like the the Jets are a very good run defensive line. I think you still need one more pass. You need an edge rusher. You need yeah. a second edge rusher. You got the one. Jets have been dying for a Jets rusher, uh, for for an edge rusher for a long time now. And I mean, the last guy that we signed kind of like this was Calvin Pace in 2008. Um, and if you remember that, Calvin Pace was a big part of our 2010 run. So I mean, I, any help on that line could help. I think we need, like I said, one more edge rusher. Maybe you draft one. Remember, there's still we, we have 12 million in cap space saved for drafting players. So you have two first round picks. I'm not saying you have to waste, uh, you know, use a first round pick on a defensive lineman or defensive end, but you could use one in the second round or a third rounder. Um, our last third round pick that we used on an edge rush didn't work too well. He was uh, cut before the season started, but <laughs> you know, was that, uh, was that Jakai Polite? That was Jakai Polite. And then he went to the Seahawks. He was terrible there. Uh, so you know. I, I, a little skeptical, but I, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Douglas did not draft him. That was Mike McCagney in 2018, right? So I, I, just want to, I just want to address the elephant in the room here. The New England Patriots have had an unbelievable two days from an outsider looking in at that team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've, they've covered a lot of needs. You know, tight end play has been awful for them the last two years. And, you know, they went out and got two of the top ten tight ends in the league. And I think that makes for, you know, a great tight end duo. And haven't seen that seen... since since Aaron Hernandez and Gronk. Yeah. So like, as long as as long that. as they don't murder anybody, maybe they're better. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, serial killing, you know, was part of one of that tight end's life. So uh, yeah, I mean, know, hopefully, I, let's, hope, let's hope Hunter Henry and uh, John Smith, Smith don't turn yeah. into that. But you know, I, I mean, it's pretty rare. So I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I, I have to agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know many other NFL players who have done the things that Aaron Hernandez did. I mean, did they sign Nelson Aguilar? There's another. Another candidate for that. I mean, maybe every guy they sign. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Matthew Judon. Oh gosh, <laughs> that All defensive right, but, front is crazy, though. Yeah, you know, let's let's get away from the uh, the tight end talk. You, you, you are know? forgetting though. You are forgetting that, that that defense was going to be better anyway without signing anybody on the defensive yeah. side, just because yep, they're, they're gaining guys back. Dante Hightower, guys like that. They were going to get better no matter what, as long as coronavirus yep. doesn't go but, crazy. I mean, there are there are rumors that Stefan Gilmore might be traded by the time the draft rolls along. I don't see I that. I don't. See I, I don't see that either. But there are rumors that you know he's getting looked at by other teams. Obviously, he would be getting looked at as the best corner in the league, probably. Yeah. Or at debatably one of the top three corners in the league. So you know, I mean, obviously, other teams are going to start looking at him. You know, trying to get him. But that defense got a lot better. They added. Uh, Devon Godshaw, Henry Anderson, uh, Matt Judon. Matt Judon is very good. So, you know, I mean, big signings for the Patriots. Uh, Bear, I have a question for you. You've been a little silent so far, and I know you've probably been antsy to talk. I'm going to ask you one guy that has already been signed by another team, not named the Jets, who you wish would have signed to the Jets. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Trey Hendrickson just signed. Yeah. Um, yes, signed he did the to the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, with the Bengals, too. That's right. the guy that we just stole from him. So yeah. I don't think it's going to be that good, but not Trey Hendrickson. He's just a huge sack guy, gets a ton of pressure, and he's somebody that really would fit great with the Jets. I absolutely love Trey Hendrickson. He's put up great sack totals, led the league a couple years ago. I, there's really not much that I hate about him. Uh, well, you know, I mean, he's a good, he's a good edge rusher. I, I'll give you that. I don't really remember the, the year he 
led the year league in sacks. I know uh, he had a great year this year. What do you have? Fourteen and a half this year. I think I think he had a little bit less than that, but I mean, it's still a very solid season. It was a good year. I, and like I said before, the Jets could have definitely used that. They could have had both of. I'm not going to say his name. I told you I wasn't going to say it. The defensive end for the Jets, him and Trey Henderson would have been a great pairing along with Quentin Williams. So I think I think that you know it's unfortunate. Like I said. There's I think there are bigger needs for the Jets to address. There are. Second. I'd like a corner. Can we have a corner, please? I'm not even I mean, saying Richard I, I Sherman. I kind of don't want Richard Sherman because he's a little older. And, I, you know, how many? I don't really want to watch well, him get. All right. So, John, John, Patrick Peterson's another name who's no, you know, available. No. Would you want no. him to be a veteran corner that comes in for a year, maybe? If, to, if you're signing Patrick Peterson, there's got to be a corner you draft because then that that's called you'll have a mentor. You no, I, I, I do think that the I do believe that, you know, the Jets will draft the corner in this draft. Here's what, here's what I'll say, though, Paul. I'd rather take like a 25 to 27 year old corner who maybe had a bad year. You know, Pierre Dossier coming in actually looked like a decent signing because he was a younger corner who, who had some promise early on. I'm, I'm fine taking another shot like that. It, obviously, it didn't work. His only highlight was when Jerry Judy, uh, you know, mossed Most him. But other than that, I, I mean, it's it's really, it's kind of worth it. I mean, one year, three million, four million for a guy like that, a project. There's millions of guys like that out there. If you hit on one of them, you get a little lucky. Maybe you have a guy like Drew Brees, obviously not a quarterback, but, uh, you know, Drew Brees was a guy who <laughs> – Bear's laughing at me. But Drew Brees was a guy who uh, was cut by the Chargers and was looked at as kind of how we look at Sam Darnold now. So if you hit on a guy, you never know. Okay, here here's a name for you. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard of him. Adoree Jackson's a very good corner from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I I know him mostly from Bengal videos, but uh, you know I've heard of him throughout the NFL. He's a pretty good corner. Twenty six years old. You know, got room for upside. So, what do you think of a guy? You know, around his age. You know, boundary corner, someone who could you know play good press coverage. What do you think that? What what type of corner do you think the Jets would need? The, the Jets to... realistically, the, the Jets realistically need a corner who's going to stop the deep ball because I I don't know they have a lot of guys who are young who haven't learned yet how to cover long. So I would like a guy who could cover the edges, cover the sides. Uh, our safeties over the top are going to help. I don't think that's going to be an issue. So if we can have somebody who's going to who's going to help the deep ball and also help uh, some of the slant routes, I don't know how many times I'm going to watch Jet games where, you know, some quarterback takes a snap and instantly off the line, he throws uh, an eight-yard slant route. And I think we've seen that for years now. Um, I'm kind of tired of that. So somebody who can maybe cut a route once or twice. I'd like some interceptions. I'd like to see some nice plays. Um, An- another another name, I don't know if you uh, – I don't know if you signed anywhere. J.C. Jackson, you know, from the Patriots. You yes. Know, he's, still, he's still a free agent. Old, older guy, but, yes, a very good he's corner. 26. Older guy, though, 26. 20- yeah, go, yeah, it's a little old. I'm just kidding. No, I thought he was older, but that actually would be a pretty good signing. You know who's one that I think maybe maybe a little old, but I, I like the idea of Malcolm Butler, I, I believe, was cut, right, by the Titans? Oh, gosh. I don't know why you'd want Malcolm Butler. Hey, he had a nice play in the Super Bowl. Why not oh, give him a chance? Cool. He had an awesome play in the Super Bowl ever since. What about Xavier Rhodes? you like Xavier Rhodes? No, no. That's that because, I mean, he was good in 2018. Hey, I got a name. 2019. Hey, John, I got a name for you. Oh, no. We bring back Buster Screen. Oh my God. I can't watch Buster screen anymore. I did that for five years. That was presumably, do you know what's scary about Buster screen? He was signed before Darrell Revis in the same season. So it was assumed that that was the only corner we were getting for that season. That would have been, he would have been your number two, number, maybe number one corner on that 2015 team. They don't go 10 and six if Buster screens their corner. He was horrible. I mean, he couldn't cover a tree. 
Like, if a tree was not moving and they threw the ball, it's probably, like, clonking the tree in the head, you know, because Buster Screen's not catching it. I think Buster Screen one time, they said he played on, like, a broken hand. Uh, they were like, hey, he played in a broken left hand. That's why he stunk. That is not true at all. Uh, he, he didn't use his legs either. Maybe he had broken legs too because he was a terrible corner for the Jets. I don't care if you want I, to. I, I, one more name for you because, you know, I guess it's a big Jets episode. But uh, oh, great. what do you think of Jadavian Clowney as a possible edge? No, 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 no. Unless you're signing him for one year, 10 million, yeah. which you can't do. He, he's year. No, because one, I don't think he's a great locker room guy. And two, He's a big name who's going to underproduce. He's not going to get to the pass rusher. Maybe the only thing you can say is that because you have other rushers, he might get to the quarterback a little more. But I think he's he's kind of just a name at this point, and I'd rather go after a younger guy. Not a younger guy, but a yeah, guy who's yeah, worth less money. Maybe just draft a guy. All right, so we'll, like we'll, quick, we'll quickly go over the top signings of free agency so far. Bud Dupree, five years, $82 million for the Tennessee Titans. Overpaid, but good. Bigger sign, big signing for them. You know they needed an edge rusher. That's probably their biggest need. They went out and addressed it. He was coming off an he was coming off an injury though. Now he, he's coming off a yeah. torn. So that's a little bit of a risk. It's a yeah, risk, careful. but you know he's you know a certified beast in the NFL. So you know what, I'll take it. Uh, Joe Tooney is the highest paid guard in the NFL now. Uh, Sixty million dollars a year to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know help out that offensive line that obviously blundered in the Super Bowl, but. <laughs> They need you know, more than that, though. They need another guard. I, they definitely need more help, but they, they do get that guy back. I forgot his name. Like, Laurent Tarot. Tar- yeah. I don't know his Possibly name. draft one at 30. 30. Yeah, yeah I could definitely guard there go at 30. See that. Receiver there and end rusher, but you know what? Let's stop talking about the Chiefs. They're good already. <laughs> uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got their monster back. Shaquille Barrett, yeah. Levante David, Chris Godwin all re-signed. They re-signed Gronk, one year, $10 million. Leonard Floyd re-signed a Huge deal, in my opinion. Four years, $64 million. Leonard Floyd is the – he's a, you know, not – I don't I don't think he's that good. And $60 million a year for Leonard Floyd. Yeah, I, I don't think he's worth that much. I think yeah. – I, I think Leonard Floyd's a good edge rusher. There are rumors about but, him coming, uh, talking to the Giants. I was like – Leonard Floyd, though, like, uh, just edge rush in general, the price is so high on them because it's so yeah. high demand. Everybody yeah. wants a guy who's going to rush the passer. So all these guys are going to go for more money. So if you're, uh, if you're thinking about maybe playing in the NFL, anybody who's listening, be an edge rusher. <laughs> Corey Lindsley is the highest paid center in the NFL now for the Los Angeles Chargers, five years, $62 million. Big deal for him. Obviously, we talked about Trey Hendrickson before, four years, sixty. Matthew Judon, four for 56. That's among the top guys. Uh, I don't want to talk about football anymore because the Giants aren't doing anything. It's kind of making me upset. So you guys want to talk about something else? Yeah, we'll talk some little Knicks Nets here. We had a, uh, a good game last night. I, I think Bear's going to tap out on this one. I see him go on his phone. <laughs> Bear's not our NBA guy, but uh, I think the Knicks showed some heart last night. Obviously, yep. we weren't able to get to win, and, you know, Julius Randle. Yeah, I still think should have just thrown the ball up, but that's we'll talk about that later on. Um, you know, they showed heart. Frank Nielakina uh, offensively was horrible, but defensively was a uh, help late down the stretch. I think that quickly uh, on the offensive side was the reason that they got into it late. I know Randall scored a little bit. Uh, Barrett got hot late. Um, he didn't look great early on. He was taking some wild shots. And I think that usually happens with Barrett. Uh, he's a guy who gets hotter and hotter as he goes. Um, but one thing I will say about RJ Barrett, it seems that in the fourth quarter and third quarter, he can score at will. I mean, yeah. he can just get inside on a guy and make a lefty lay whenever he wants. I think it's just uh, yeah. him trying to figure figure himself out and, you know, mm-hmm. what he, who he wants to be. And I think why not just, you know, you see Ben Simmons do it and get all the praise. 
Maybe he can shoot more than Ben Simmons, but why not take it to the cup every time you can until they don't let you anymore? I think that's yeah, the... No, I agree. I think RJ Barrett's really become the second half guy that, you know, the Knicks have needed for a while. The Knicks haven't had, you know, somebody that, you know, plays well in the second half since Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously I'm not going to say RJ Barrett's anywhere near where Carmelo Anthony was when he was with the Knicks, but RJ Barrett's, you know, slowly emerging into a guy that could play in the second half and, you know, get some buckets late in the second half when we need buckets. Um, obviously Julius Randle has been, you know, a big help, big help for us. So, you know what? I, I like, I like where the Knicks are going, but I, I don't like the call last night. I think there needed to be, you know, that needs to be a play on there. Obviously the ref can't see it. I don't know if it's a reviewable call or not. In it, the NBA. It, I think, I don't know if it's reviewable, but it didn't even matter. And I think this is a very stupid thing in the NBA. Since the Knicks challenged the previous play, you, it doesn't matter if the challenge is correct or incorrect. You can't challenge another play. I think that's which is I think that's blasphemy because it just means they're basically it's like a punishment for even speaking out. Like yeah. it's very odd to me. They get the challenge right, which by the way, great defense in the next part. You see teams all the time just foul there. They were able to get multiple jump balls on multiple occasions. And and speaking of jump ball. I don't think the Randall thing is a, a jump ball. It might have been a play on. No, it's not a jump ball. It, it's yeah. uh when he had when he uh, Randall's when you go, feet when were you down. go up when you go up and the ball's hit, yeah, you can dribble. And you're able, able to take ball another ball. dribble after that. You're yeah. able to come down and take a dribble because the ball was slapped. But here's what I'll say, which was weird to me. He the ball was touched while his feet were still on the ground. As he's jumping, he put the ball down. He kind of dribbled before he got his feet down. If not mistaken, if we're calling that a reset of of your motion, you're able to do I don't that. know if it was whether or not he was rushing because the time was so low or, you know, he you know what was odd to, what odd to me. Thibodeau didn't even, uh, you know, defend Randall. It's almost like he didn't see. I it don't think he saw it. I don't yeah. think he is able to see, uh, cause obviously we saw 17 different replays of it. Yeah. And you know, we saw that Kyrie Irving clearly hit the basketball yeah. and obviously Randall was livid after the game with that call. I mean, as he should be. And if you saw that call, it was a blatant miss. The ball moved in his hands. Most likely, Randall's not making that shot anyway. I mean, let's be honest. It's the Knicks. I agree with you, but <laughs> at least he gets the shot off. Yeah. Like, we didn't get a shot off to win a game, or to possibly tie a game and in overtime. Can't lie, though. That is very Knicks-like. That's, uh, like, the most Knicks thing ever to not so, get a shot off. so New York Knicks. Yeah. Oh, uh, had the Knicks lose? Yeah, they didn't take a shot with five <laughs> seconds left. Yeah, five seconds left? Yeah, we don't take a shot. That sounds so <laughs> Knicks. But I don't even know why Randall I, – I really – oh, our meeting ends in 10 minutes, guys. Uh, like I said, we uh, we film on Zoom, so our meeting ends in 10 minutes. We're going to speed it up a little bit. But I think that um, – I don't even know what I was going to say. Yeah, Randall should have passed that ball. Off the dribble, I don't know why he was shooting that with five seconds left. They could have run at least one set play, maybe a screen to give it to quickly. Somebody I don't know why he was a shooter. And neither do I. I maybe that I don't know. Well, was Alec Burks the inbounder on the play? Or, yeah. I mean, even Reggie Bullock probably yeah. would have been the but better option. I think it was because the play got – I don't know. I think something was wrong with the play because they could barely get it off in time. I think it's five seconds. You have the inbound. They were – it was yeah. at four and a half. So, yeah, I think I, that kind I, of – Reggie off. Bullock was pretty pretty yeah. lights out from the And court. if I'm not mistaken, they, they didn't have any timeouts. But they could have set something up with five seconds left. That's an eternity in the NBA. Mike Green said it. So, I mean, you can definitely set something up. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, you know, the Nets are the Nets. Uh, they're only going to get better, especially when Kevin Durant comes back. It's the, very hard to stop that offense. The Nets, the Nets are going to be impossible to beat in a seven-game series yeah. if they keep on getting better. It, it, they're going to be impossible to beat. It's just uh, that much yeah. talent. We're going to have to speed it up. We have eight minutes and 50 seconds left. 
Uh, we still have two topics to cover. We're going to talk about the MLB for a small portion, and then we're going to get into Al Wants Answers, everybody's favorite series. Uh, so the Mets, uh, they just played. I'm watching yearbook 2020 behind me, but they Currently just played against the Astros. They won 8-3. Lindor with a bomb, Alonzo with a bomb, and DeGrom pitched very well. He had four innings uh, of uh, one-hit baseball, I think, uh, one-run baseball. Um, his total stat line so far, nine innings, three hits, 16 Ks. So I think that's pretty good. Um, I don't yep. think you have to worry about him at all. Um, but I'm a little worried about Lindor. I know the home run is great, but my question to you, Paul, is let's say Lindor continues to struggle um, in spring training right now. Are you willing to sign him before the season starts? Or maybe do you yep. want to have he, Lindor yep. said he won't sign during the season. Are you willing to wait until the season ends and then talk about contracts? No, no. I think because uh, the Mets are notorious for underperforming with the rosters they have. And I think if the Mets do underperform, which is, you know, very possible, the Mets have never been known for overperforming with a roster. They've usually been known for underperforming with a roster. And, you know, I think this is a year where they, you know, they can underperform again. And I would really love to sign Lindor before the season starts, or maybe as soon as the season starts, you know, have him long-term, even if the Mets, you know, the, I think the Mets will be good this year. Don't get me wrong, but I, I rather have him locked up before the season starts rather than after season starts, because if he wants to sign at the end of the year, then, okay, sure. You, as long as you say you want to sign and you're going to sign, yeah. I don't want you to say you're going to sign and then not sign at all. Yeah. Oh, I think the one thing that if I was Lindor, obviously I'm not Francisco Lindor, nowhere near, but I think it, it for me, I would want to be signed early because I don't have to worry about that that year, worry about performing yeah. to get my contract. I'd mm-hmm. like to have my contract and, you know, just play, have fun with the boys on the team. Um, but I mean, that's his decision. He says he likes to live, uh, his day one, one day at a time, his, his life one day at a time. So I, I mean, I, him. if I were a GM, I would like to, you know, keep my guy like waiting on a contract and, and, and hear me out. You're running a Mariners. Hear me out. I'd only want to do this. I, I would do this only because of the way people play when they're trying to get a contract it is usually better than when they're satisfied with the money they're getting. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, in Lindor's case, it's a little different because he knows he's worth that money already. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. want him being? Do you want him being maybe pressing at the plate or, or, or yeah. not? I think to his a guy frustrated. Like, I think a guy like Lindor is something you wouldn't do that with. Yeah. Because Lindor's already a certified top three, you know, shortstop in the league. Like, a perfect MLB example would be like uh, MLB to NFL comparison. Uh, what Corey Davis had. They didn't give him the option. He has everything to prove, nothing to lose. So that that's. That's kind of a, a different yeah. one there. I, I think that, you know, Lindor should get the money. But, you know, yeah, yeah. it's something the Mets, you know, haven't, you know, haven't been great on, you know, giving good contracts out. So, you know, I hope we do. Um, all right. We have five minutes and 40 seconds left on our Zoom timer. So we're going to move it into some Al Wants Answers, everybody's favorite series. Alex, take it away. Wait, do you guys hear that? No, I hear absolutely nothing, Al. Barely hear anything, bud. Al, Al, just ask the question, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I got a little excited. My bad, boys. Um, uh, I'm going to start it off. I'm going to say, what is your favorite sports moment ever? Paul? Um, I'm going to go. Uh, and... Oh, I, I, I got a great one. Um, right. I don't have it pulled up, but um, I think Hunter knows exactly what I'm about to say. And it's Altuve. Deep to left, wins the game. Screw roll the Chapman. Let's go, Paul. If that's your favorite moment ever. Yep. 
<laughs> you don't even yet. You're not even an Astros or nope, Yankees. I'm fan. not. So you, I'm but not. okay, you're basically admitting that the Yankees live in your head rent free. If that's the case, they don't live in my Come head on. rent free. I got a good moment. I got a good moment. What favorite moment I have? Because Paul, okay, all right, hold on, hold on. I'll change my moment. Here. I'll change my moment. You all know right, what? Right. As Drupal Cabrera walk off home run against the Phillies. There you go. That's a good one. All right, I'm gonna go with the Mets one as well. Uh, but I'm gonna go for one. I'm gonna make it more specific. One that I've been to. Um, I'm gonna say that it's Daniel Murphy's. Uh, home run in NLCS game two. He hit a home run foul down the line. We're going nuts. The next pitch, he goes deep to right field. He keeps it fair. To me, I've never heard City Field that loud. Uh, Howie Rose made the call. He said, uh, I think City Field's going to come apart at the seams. Uh, and, and that couldn't have been more true. I've never heard City Field loud. I've been to a lot of games. I've been to multiple playoff games. Never seen anything like that. Um, are, are, are you saying that my moment wasn't specific enough? No, no. I'm just saying for me, your moment was good. I'm just saying. My, I it was late in the season. Twenty. I, was it 2015, I didn't, 2016? 20, 2016. I didn't say it was a bad moment. It was good. I just wasn't. I just wanted to pick one I was there for. Okay. There. Favorite moment. Almost. Um, oh, that was that, and that's going to be their Jeter's three thousand pit. That that is the single loudest place I've ever been at. Fair. I was maybe five at the time. Do you want to explain how you got the tickets? Because I think you have a pretty. Oh, it's story a great story. It. So originally we had tickets for the day before that, that Derek Jeter's game actually happened. And we got there, we got super early. Me and my dad were like the first people in line. And then all of a sudden the game got rained out. And I literally just stood in like the New York city streets. I was, I was crying a little bit. I was like five or six. We were going to be sitting right by, I think right field line. Going to see Nick Swisher and Nick Swisher love Nick Swisher. I was so pumped that was going to happen. So car ride home, we have these big ponchos on that my dad had bought for like 25 bucks. And then we get home and my dad pulls up like two computers, three iPads, just trying to get tickets to this game. Sees two tickets, doesn't even look where they are. And the next day we're sitting for our first baseline, couple rows back. And then just Derek Jeter goes yard off to David Price. The place goes absolutely nuts. Loudest place I've ever been at. Best sports moment of my life. Al, do you have a favorite sports moment? Or we have two minutes if you want to answer your or ask your next question. It's up to you. Uh, I'm going to quickly give my favorite sports moment. I'm going to say probably probably Moe's last game. Uh, Moe was my favorite player. Then just seeing – Uh-oh, Al's lagging. I just like – I forgot how Mike Pay explained it, but it was uh, – I think we lost Al for a little bit there. When he comes back, I think Al was going to ask this question. I'm sorry, Al. I'm going to take your answer for you. Um, but Al was going to ask, Name me your favorite random athlete. I saw this on Instagram a ton. Can I go first, boys? Is that okay? I have a good, I have a, I have a really good random athlete. Bears, go quick, no Bears explaining. Go, 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 All right. go. It's, it's Ron Baker. Ron Baker, because Ron Baker was very cool for the Knicks and he had like really nice haircut. Uh, Paul, go. Ming Dugas Kosmiskis. Oh my God. What the? Okay. Uh, Hunter, go. The career 194 hitter himself, Jeff Mathis. Jeff Mathis. Yes, good defensively. Me and Bear like him. All right, guys, that's going to do it on the Rush Hour Podcast. Thank you all for joining. Follow us on our social media as Rush Hour Podcast. Um, some cool – I really don't remember Instagram. Instagram is Rush Hour Sports Pod. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. Have a good one. Bye. See ya.